So hopefully my internet doesn't suck anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, we've already had one of these episodes before, right? That's true. <laughs> Robot Sam. Yeah. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons, this is Sam. We are joined again by our frequent contributor, James. How you doing, Captain James? Pod on You Loons. I'm doing very well, guys. Thanks for having me on again. It's uh, much appreciated. Yeah, I've lost track. You're on like every three or four episodes <laughs> at this point. I... Yeah. We might have passed 10, or we might be getting to 10. And I don't know how to explain it, but the... Female demographic does listen more when you're on, and yeah. it it can't just be like your girlfriend, James. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh I, man, I swear it's not like it's a lot, but it's like a percentage point, <laughs> and I think it's just a coincidence. But well, you're welcome, I guess. That's why starting today, we put you we put you at the start of every episode doing the the anchor ad. Right, because even on the episodes that you're not there, we need to give our female listenership something. Yeah, they got to have my voice, right? That <laughs> that silky Aussie English accent. I do my best. I do my best. Now, did you did you, you should have started with like, oh, I didn't see you there. Uh, <laughs> <anchor> is, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, hi. I I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, have you had an anchor? now james your english friends do they consider you to have an australian accent or do you think you have more of an english accent or more of an australian accent yeah i think it's pro uh, this is always a funny one like australians always think i have more of an english accent and pretty much as soon as i say the word australia it just also just flows back into australian uh, but my English friends definitely think I have an Australian accent. And then Europeans just get totally confused and call me American or Canadian quite a lot. So, <laughs> Dude, uh, that sucks. It's just a mess of accents. I mean, I don't I don't know, Sam. I'd like to be Canadian right about now. So. Oh, yeah. Can- Canada's <laughs> always good. People are like, American? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> nope. That's a mix. I get, I get everywhere. People have no idea what's going on with my accent. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got to, I got, this is completely off topic. That's what I'm here for. This is a USA, <laughs> USA versus Canada. Who has the higher ceiling? Christian Pulisic or Alfonso Davies? Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. tough. I mean, if Pulisic can stay healthy, I guess. Pulisic? Yeah. Pulisic just looks so dominant after the restart last spring. Except for the FA Cup. I mean, hold on, because in the FA Cup, he looked brilliant until he got hurt. Uh, yeah. Until, <laughs> until I mean, the, the point that he his, his hamstring popped. Oh, I mean, boy. he looked brilliant as he was getting hurt, right? That's like, true. If he, yeah, he would have actually scored that goal, it. that would have gone down as one of the all-time just manliest moments of all time. That's true. That would have been yeah, great. Yeah, we, we did talk about that, actually. That was incredibly manly. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's guess it's a good that's a that's good that it's a hard thing to answer, right? Like it's good for soccer, it's good for North American soccer that they're both really good. Yeah, it's tough. But now you could throw in uh, Jimenez into that conversation. So between Jimenez, Pulisic, and Davies, 
who is Mr. CONCACAF? Mr. CONCACAF. <laughs> like a beauty pageant, <laughs> but just like who has the highest ceiling. Who will be Mr. CONCACAF? Such a Euro snob, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things that are really manly, you should all be really manly, except for James's listeners. And remember to leave us an iTunes <laughs> review. That really helps us in the iTunes search engine quite a bit. So not only is the star rating helpful, but actually leaving some words, even if it's just the pod is really good. James's accent is sexy. Write whatever you want. But that would be great help for us. So if you could do that, that would be great. Sam, are we going to have to have like a manly counter like we should have had for the episode where you said Antifa like 75 (laughs) times? The one where we outed, uh, where we outed Nate as a terrorist. Nate as a terrorist. Oh, man. Oh, Sam. <laughs> I swear the rest of the world had no idea what was going on in that point. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But they're smarter for it, maybe. Um, <laughs> on to something else that's super manly. We have some news for you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to keep going with this. But... <laughs> just every segue is super manly. <laughs> It's not going to help. We'll start off with an injury update. Ike, Ozzy Alonso, Amaria, Finlay, Ranjit Singh, all out of the lineup the other night. No real update on when they are coming back. We hope some of them are coming back soon. Kevin Molino was also still out of the lineup, though. We're, we're guessing that was more just, you know, as a precaution. And of course, the other night, AHA was also out on yellow card accumulation. So Minnesota United, not at full strength quite yet, short on bodies still. And for that reason, Brent Coleman was actually recalled from his loan to El Paso in the USL championship. Of course, it was confirmed by the team that Noah Billingsley will continue to stay on loan in Las Vegas, also in the USL championship, probably because recalling him from his loan would require an additional international roster spot on the first team. We talked about this. Sam and I texted about this. Like Coleman, Coleman's not no slouch. I don't know. I, if you if you told me to pick between him and Aha, I don't know who I would choose. I think that they're comparable players. So it's good to have him back in the mix. You know, obviously this is more of like a backup option, right, than a you know starting eleven guy with with Bakai Debasi in the mix. So I guess it's good for us to have some more depth, right? Yeah, I always thought of Brent Coleman as a competent backup, and there were times that we didn't know who was the better of the two between him and Boxall. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm part of that may be because of his Woodbury heritage or any anything like that. But it is good to have him back, especially when we need bodies, having someone that can come in and knows the team well, knows the tactics well. So welcome back, Brent. Exactly. Like, And I think, you know, hopefully that injury list starts to go down. But if it should start to go up or at least stay where it is, it's always better to have more people in your squad because you never know when you might actually need them. Because does he he have to go to quarantine or not? Yeah, he's in quarantine right now. So that was why he wasn't available during the last game. Makes sense. Should be coming back pretty soon. So Excellent. The national Twitter scene was in a hizzy this past week <laughs> over a 17-year-old named Caden Clark, who is currently with New York Red Bulls 2 in the USL Championship. As a 17-year-old, he is one of the top-ranked American teenage prospects. 
He's originally from Minnesota. So Minnesota United technically owns his MLS rights, despite the fact that he never played for Minnesota United at any level. In fact, when he left Minnesota, Minnesota United wasn't even a team yet. (laughs) Still, rules are rules. New York Red Bulls want to sign him to their senior MLS roster, but Minnesota United first wants compensation. And this has people in a hizzy. Do you say hissy or hizzy? (laughs) Same same thing. A hizzy. He's going back to the to the Snoop Dogg isms from the the early two thousands. Am I am I dating myself? Do we not we're not familiar with that? No, no, I'm 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 fully aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So what do we not want this guy? Like, or can we not have this guy? What's the deal? Well, we own his MLS rights, but he doesn't have a contract with us. So people more see Minnesota United as blocking a youth player from advancing to the senior team. But I don't know. As a Minnesota United fan, I'm kind of like, sorry, not sorry. Like, they're not stunting his growth. We just found out about this a week ago. Like, the deal (laughs) will get done, right? Like, wouldn't you be mad at Minnesota United if they didn't get something in return from the Red Bull ownership group, right? Like, Red Bull owns how many teams around the world and a international beverage? Why shouldn't we get compensated? Regardless of if we deserve to have his rights, why shouldn't we get compensated at least a little bit so that they can get the player they want. But couldn't we also just sign this guy? No, he has a contract with uh, New York Red Bulls too. So we could transfer for it. Like we could try to get him in a transfer. Right. But he, he has a contract. We just own his rights. We don't have him on contract. This is a okay. weird American yeah. rule. We, <laughs> we went through this with uh, Miguel Ibarra. So like when we went from the NASL to MLS, we we weren't technically allowed to have our best player because – we didn't have his rights. So they had to make a trade with, I think, was it Portland. Seattle, Sam? No, was it Portland? Portland? Yeah. So like we couldn't have our best player go up to MLS with us because of this weird role. So, I mean, I don't know. I think we had to give Portland something. So, you know what? Whatever. We're getting give it back. <laughs> Goes well, and these rights, you know, James is looking at us like, what are you talking about? But these rights are pretty normal in North American sports, right? Like, think about all the dual sport athletes that choose football that Major League Baseball teams own the baseball rights to, right? Like, right. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, perfect, perfect example, right? Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Or like all the NFL stars that Canadian Football League teams own the rights to. <laughs> right. Should they ever have like a Johnny Manziel esque like just breakdown? <laughs> Tim, Tim Tebow was it? Oh boy! Yeah, like that's a great example because I'm sure both Canadian football teams and Major League Baseball teams probably had Tim Tebow's rights at one point. This isn't out of the ordinary in North American sports. It's just it's crazy to someone like James hearing us talk about it. Anyway, best of luck to fellow Minnesotan Caden Clark. We we hope you end up with. New York Red Bulls, but a little green's got to come our way first. Also, don't score a bunch of goals on us. Yeah, don't yeah. score a bunch of goals on us. Remember your heritage. Remember that you're from Medina, wherever that is. Dude, you're the only native Minnesotan here. Where is Medina? I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a native Minnesotan either. That's right. You at least went to high school here. That's true. <laughs> you're the closest native out of the three of us. That's true. <laughs> 
Like, I don't know anywhere outside of the metro, and even the metro, like, I don't know anything in the north. Apparently, it's uh, in uh, Hennepin County. That's where I live. <laughs> that's where <laughs> Justin and I both live. <laughs> well, that's where Medina is. I think it's Medina. Medina? So it's not just Edina with an M in front of it? It's actually, like, an, it's, like, legit? Okay. I think it's probably on Lake Minnetonka somewhere. Might be some some bougie spot that we just don't know because we're not about that life. <laughs> some bourgeois place. <laughs> well, have you ever done Tour de Tonka? No. What's that? It's a bike ride around Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Never mind. I thought you biked. I'm Recently, like, Sam. Sam, I'm like a new. I'm so new to biking. So I'm always new. like Justin. You wanna you wanna record tonight? You wanna talk loons with me? Oh, I'm biking. I mean, I gotta get out. I gotta get active, man. It's I gotta uh, take care of myself. I'm getting old. It's just left of Plymouth. That's uh, where I live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, you're like you're right there, man. <laughs> you're literally right there. <laughs> it uh, it borders Lake Independence, basically. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So literally right next door to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Lake Independence is, but go left of Plymouth. You'll find it. Uh, in other news, we, yeah, we're finished with Caden Clark. People are in a hizzy. In other news, Barcelona currently beating Bayern in the race for Serginho Dest from Ajax, which, guys, a U.S. men's national team player, a hot young U.S. men's national team prospect about to sign for Barcelona. It got me to start thinking about the potential U.S. men's national team lineup for the next World Cup in 2022. You guys want to help me speculate a little bit on this lineup? Sure. It looks, it looks nice. It looks real nice, Sam. Can we also talk about how Durst is actually born in the Netherlands? <laughs> yeah, his, his dad's an American. He knows what's up. Yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> he chose us. Get over it. Picked an easier team to get into. No offense. Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann would love this, right? This would be a big, you know, when we were completely just German dudes with American American dads. Let's just go back to those days. Let's take a look at this list, okay? Because a lot of big teams, a lot of players on here are signed by big teams, big European teams. So we have, in the goal, we have Zach Steffen, 25 years old, just made his first appearance for Man City in the Carabao Cup. In defense, we could have Dest, 19, soon to be Barcelona. John Brooks, he's 27 with Wolfsburg. Chris Richards, 20 with Bayern, uh, though realistically it's still Aaron Long's job to lose. Reggie Cannon, 22 years old with Boa Vista in the Portuguese League. In the midfield, we could have Tyler Adams, 21 with Leipzig. Weston McKinney, 22 with Juventus. In the attacking mid, Christian Pulisic, 22, of course, with Chelsea. Gio Reyna, 17 with Dortmund. Jordan Morris, 25 with Seattle. Of course, uh, Tim Weah with uh, Lille is also in that mix, as would be Conrad De La Fuente with Barcelona as well. And then striker, Josh Sargent, 20 with Werder Bremen. Guys, that is, I'm sorry, but we can compete with anyone with that lineup. This could be the golden age of U.S. soccer. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope, Sam. It's a it's a young team. Like you get some experience in there, and I think it's gonna it could it could challenge. I think you could go to a World Cup or two, at least. Shut up, James. 
<laughs> Come on, man. How many CONCACAF teams go to the World Cup every year? Every four years, I mean. It was always three. If they're expanding it, I, I don't know, but it's typically three. Is it Werder Bremen or is it Werder Bremen? It's Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sam, that wasn't even right. <laughs> oh, man. Sam, I, yeah. want, I want to go on a European trip with you just to hear you butcher everything. Like, try really hard to say things correctly, but just butcher them. That'd be dope. That'd be super fun. That would make Justin's day. Where are we going now, Sam? <laughs> We're going to Madrid. <laughs> oh, here you go. You get uh, you get three and a half teams. There you go. Three and a half. Nice. Yeah. I'll take it. We got to be one of the three and a half this time. I swear, if we're not one of the three and a half. (laughs) I mean, you've got to buy to the third round because you're ranked second in CONCACAF. Here we go. Behind Mexico. Enough with CONCACAF. (laughs) CONCACAF isn't manly enough. (laughs) Forward Madison versus Chattanooga Red Wolves. Forward Madison wins 1-0 with another Michael Vang goal. So way to go, St. Paul native Michael Vang. How many is he on now? Eight? Like all of them. All of them. It's, yeah, he's it's good. good. He's doing good. Future loon, Michael Vang. Future loon. All right. I'm going to pass the baton off to one of you guys because I have no idea who this next person is <laughs> that you have listed in the notes. Yeah, James. Nor do yeah, I totally understand why he's newsworthy, but go for it. So the only reason this is basically newsworthy is because it features two teams that me and Justin are like fans of. So Gerano uh, Kirk is uh, apparently on the transfer list from FC Utrecht to uh, Leeds United for about £10 million. Uh, Leeds have kind of like snuck in there with the over-the-top deal to stop him going to Serie A. He's apparently being called the Usain Bolt of the Areva Divisie. Okay. So he got an assist on the weekend in what... Uh, in what has been called maybe his last game for Utrecht. Mm. So apparently uh, maybe this week might be uh, might be the signing of that. And then Leeds get a uh, speedster. How, how old is he? He is 24. Oh, good. They've been linked to a bunch of 20-something, like young 20-ish guys like that are like worth, you know, in the teens – yeah, they're 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 putting a lot of money into the team right now, which is which is fun. Yeah, I mean, last year he played in twenty four games in the league, ten goals, seven assists. I'll take it. I'll take that's, it. I'll cheer him on. That's a good return. Well, hopefully what? he can get he can get us like a game winner against Chelsea someday. You know, just yeah, <laughs> and then he'll come back just... into this segment. <laughs> <laughs> then Chelsea will just buy him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, guys, let's get into last night's game against Real Salt Lake. Justin, you want to give us the rundown of that lineup? Yeah, so it was a, a 4-3-3. We were, we were kind of going back and forth trying to figure out where people were going to play. So it shook up like this. So Dane St. Clair in goal again. Roman, Boxy, Debassi, and Gasper in the back. Gregus, Dotson, Hayes in the middle. And then load on the, load on the left uh, with Kamara up front and Reynoso on the right. And then the subs were, uh, which is, which is, this is peculiar, Sam, but I guess it's probably just because no one's healthy. We had two keepers, Zendejas and Fred, Fred, 16 year old Fred hanging out. 
Musa, Harrison, Edwards, Chacon, Aaron Schoenfeld, Big Celery, and Toy. Uh, yeah, so it, this was, and we texted about this too. One person not in the lineup for RSL was Corey Baird, who, get this, he missed his flight. He missed the plane. He he said he didn't look at, he misread the itinerary for their charter flight. So just, he wasn't there. And uh, yeah, my boy Giuseppe Rossi was hurt. That's funny. I, I heard someone speculating that there was some, maybe some drama and he was saying he missed his flight. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I don't really even know much about Corey Baird other than he plays for RSL, but you don't hear that every day. That right. he's, he's, professional... also, he's also played for the, the national team quite a bit. I think he's he's been a regular lately, so that was kind of strange to hear. Well, and he's a regular starter for RSL. He wears their number 10 kit. Like, yeah, interesting to see that guy just missed the, miss the plane. Side note, if a Minnesota United player ever missed the plane... While I'd be unhappy that that happened, I would be greatly anticipating Adrian Heath's press conference about it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, anyway, guys, getting into the game, let's get through the first half as quickly as possible because it was it was the example of what like American football fans that think soccer is lame. It was the example of why they don't like soccer. Not a very exciting first half. The positive I would take from it, though, is that Minnesota United did lead in possession as they entered halftime with 56% uh, possession. And the reason I appreciated that, even though we've talked many times about we're not necessarily a team that needs to lead in possession to be good, but we hadn't been leading in possession. In fact, we had been lagging behind quite significantly And we had been looking awful doing it. So controlling the ball a little bit more. I got to say, guys, I appreciated that heading into the half. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it was it was great to see them control the ball. It just felt like they couldn't they could not penetrate what the 18, right? Like RSL's defense just locked that down and really we couldn't get anything going. But it was nice to see us have control. Right. Yeah, we only had one shot on target. And I think. It's good that we had that much possession because, you know, you could see us getting more comfortable with the passes and more comfortable with the ball. And like we were probing. And even though, yeah, like we only had one shot on target, I think that, you know, we kind of probed and poked and prodded and kind of went down the right. Nope, that doesn't work. Went down the left. Nope, that also doesn't work. Try through the center. Nope, that also doesn't work. So we'll just play a little bit of possession football and then see what does actually work which in the first half was not much but yeah Ray also made some nice plays but mm-hmm. no one really connected with Kamara he was there but didn't get the ball to him and didn't get much going yeah it was I, I think the, the thing I liked the most was just watching Reynoso with the ball I think that that was you know the positive I could take from it was that again when he has the ball fun stuff happens so He's the opposite of Matt Hasselback in the playoffs against the Packers. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> Remember that famous line? He won the coin toss and he was like, yeah, we want like, the ball and we're going to score. Oh, right. Yeah, we won the ball and we're going to score. <laughs> but then he, he, he threw a pick six to Al Harris and it oh, boy. ended up being, and it was a playoff game, right? Like, so. Okay. Was, uh, yeah, so that was, that was over. <laughs> it was overtime, right? When he yeah, it was overtime. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So it turned into one of the more iconic Packer moments of of all time in the 
image of Al Harris holding up the ball as he runs towards the end zone is a pretty iconic photo in Green Bay Packer lore. I try to block out any positive Packer experiences, you know, that you have. So, dude, then you better be drunk like all year, man. <laughs> I know what they're three and zero. Oh my god, it's gonna be yeah, because because no one's calling holding, no one's oh. calling holding on their O line. It's okay, true. It's uh, true. Sam. It's true. I mean, like statistically, holding is de- way way down. And you know who benefits from that? Aaron Rodgers. So. We don't. This isn't a Packer podcast. I'm glad so, it's not. Well, also, this is this is how exciting the first half was <laughs> in the fact that we've descended into talking about holding with the Packers. <laughs> Literally, like three minutes in. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. The second half was fun. <laughs> like we, everyone listening, I assume you know we didn't score, but second half was fun, and like Reynoso. Starting things off early, two nice shots on goal, like within 10 minutes of the second half starting, both denied by Putna, but still, like, exciting to watch. It wasn't all Minnesota, though. Like, Douglas Martinez had two shots of his own pretty quickly after Reynoso had his in, but it was Reynoso's third shot from long range that was just barely saved by the keeper. And, and then, of course, Lud almost had a nice long-range shot, which went wide right. It's just Minnesota United just continued to have nice opportunities, especially Reynoso. And a goal felt inevitable, but just nothing happened. And I think it really kind of shows how great Putna was in goal in that I saw so each week, like the MLS tweets, like vote for your player of the week. And there's like four players that people vote on. And all the top comments were like, what about Putna? Like stopping all of these shots. Like, wh- why doesn't he get a shout out? Because it was just, the man was made his body like huge. I just can't believe. I just, I, yeah, I simply can't believe we didn't score. Like we did everything, but basically. We hit the post. We had massive saves. We had that goal mouth scramble with Kai Kamara. Like, mm-hmm. was that the one where he kicked the ball out of the goalie's hands? So the goalie never actually had it. Like the defender kind of fell on it, and the goalie okay. was like, "Where's the ball?" And Kai Kamara's like, "Yeah, Aha! <laughs> that was like that was." I I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. That was interesting. But yeah, we like you said, we just, it felt inevitable. We did, mm-hmm. we did all the things. We had this great forward three and then we just we just never scored well and it was like all of our favorite players were getting in on it too it was like yeah Reynoso obviously leading the charge but like Dotson almost had one Lud almost had one oh the Dodson one yep. oh man almost a banger almost a banger yeah oh my god the the how hard that thumped the mm-hmm. advertising by the side Woo. everyone got in on it and no one actually got what we needed. In the 76th minute, Marlon Hairston comes on for Ja'Cory Hayes in what would be the only substitution by Minnesota United for the night. And what we saw leading in, in the final minutes of the game is that that inevitable goal just never came. The game ended 0-0. Minnesota United finished with 58% possession and seven shots on target. Six of those shots coming in the second half. 
just, I don't know. Minnesota United was going for it until the end. And I, I personally believe that that's why they only used one sub is that it looked like offensively things were working. It, it just, again, I know we've said inevitable as many times as I said manly earlier in the show, but (laughs) it really felt like a goal was inevitable. And I don't know why. I don't know. Like, I agree with only using one sub. I don't know what you guys think about that. I felt like it was just. I mean, you know how I feel. You know who I wanted to see there. You wanted Raheem Edwards. I want Raheem in. Yeah, I wanted Raheem in. I don't don't know why Raheem Edwards wasn't in. You know, like if. If what you're doing isn't working, he's he's a change of pace, right? Like, I understand, you know, like, there was a rhythm happening, but it always just feels like it just changes, right? And it goes up a level with him. I'm a big fan of his, but I think it's valid, right? Like, that's he brings a different energy. So I would have liked – I and I thought for sure, I thought for sure he'd get, like, 10 minutes or something like that. But Do you think it was because bringing him in – if you weren't bringing him in for Lud or for Reynoso, again, like they seem to have a good thing going, you would have had to make a formation change, which could also interrupt the good thing that they had going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like that was just not a normal formation for us either, right? So like if you if you transition to something that's more natural, right? Like maybe, maybe that, that plays, maybe we take out a midfielder and bring him in and go back to having three guys up front with, with Kamara on top. But yeah, that four, two, three, one. Or you like switch Lod to the other side and put Edwards on the left. Right. And then then you take off Reynoso because Reynoso doesn't have him play 10, have him play in the middle. Right. That would be a formation change though. That's what I'm saying. But like we'd be, that would be switching to the formation. We always play in. (laughs) Switch back to the natural one. (laughs) But I must say, like, we had seven shots on target, which is the most we've had since, like, the MLS's back tournament. True. All the way back until, like, the game against San Jose, where we had 13 <laughs> shots on target because it was barraging the goal. But, you know, for one thing, I think it was really positive. Sure, we didn't score, but we we got side of goal. We started letting loose. Like, we... You know, we started, you know, when you play a game against Columbus and you have two shots on goal to come out and have seven, even if you don't score, like we didn't lose either, which was good. Yeah, like another, you... another clean sheet for DSC. Yep. And no one was hurt or suspended. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the little wins. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Like, w- what do we what do we do when um Tyler Miller comes back? I think we can talk all off season about what we do when Tyler Miller comes back. <laughs> right now we I mean, have we got other little, things. We we, we have the time. big CF, James. We have the big CF coming up. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Right there in the notes. You wanna bring up a goalkeeper controversy when we have the big CF? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, you know. That's for just just for future for future podcast. That's a, that's a really good problem to have, though, right? Like, oh yeah, it's a great problem to have. I, it's very nice that Dane St. Clair is good. I think that that's really great. Yeah, it just seems like James is like prepping his like his <laughs> highlight reel for when he applies for a job at ESPN or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like just throwing out those questions that you could literally talk about for hours when there's nothing else to talk about, but you have a 24 hour news cycle. Oh my gosh. And you need we, something. Yeah. What do we do when Tyler Miller comes back in nine months, guys? Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Where do we see it all going from here? Yeah. We gotta discuss this now. Maybe he just retires and he stays the sideline guy because that's what he's doing right now. He's the sideline guide for games. If he retires right now, where does he rank in terms of Minnesota United all time? Great goalkeepers. He definitely has the best mustache that a goalkeeper in the MLS history of, of the loons has had. Do you think, do you think that Fred Emmings will aspire to have a mustache like that? Ooh, I don't know if the 16-year-old girls will get with, with, with that kind of mustache. Do you think that Tyler Miller went to surgery because he was fearful of Fred Emming's <laughs> ascension? See, this is a whole podcast worth of questions. Just the goalkeeper Just, podcast. Oh, man. Hey, you know what? What happens when Canadian Greg comes back? You know, that's that's what I want to know. That's going to be some goalkeeper controversy, mm-hmm. right? To be honest, I don't. I mean, no offense to Canadian Greg, but I don't really think that's a contest, right? Like, no, no, no. At, no. at this time, you you roll with Dane St. Clair until he gives you yeah. oh, not to. This, this is me. This is me being being too spicy. <laughs> too spicy. It's too spicy. There's nothing there. There's, you can't <laughs> you can't drag that one out. <laughs> well. Those are some hot takes, guys. Hot takes. <laughs> ESPN, I hope you're taking note. Yeah. Anyway, it is time for our award-winning segment, the Big CF, our Big Club Day Football, our Big CF. Now, things were going so smooth, guys, that this segment almost went away. <laughs> True. In fact, I think there was a show or two where we actually forgot to include the Big CF. But it's back with a bang. Not necessarily in a good way. Tottenham against Leighton Orient. Supposed to be a Carabao Cup tie this past weekend. Unfortunately, could not take place because COVID-19 went through the locker room of Leighton Orient. Yep. This worked in Tottenham's favor, however, because not only did they get to skip the game against Leighton Orient, but they were automatically allowed to just advance where they will now face Chelsea in the next round. Quote, the FL board has determined that in line with Carabao Cup rule 5.1, the club, so Leighton Orient, was unable to fulfill its obligations to complete the fixture by virtue of the council's order and shall therefore forfeit the tie tottenham advances Leighton orient is out yeah uh there are uh some not happy people <laughs> at Leighton orient yeah i mean they don't really agree with the decision they don't really have a leg to stand on to be honest yeah they wanted it to be rescheduled to a later date but uh the efl basically said nope you're uh, you're done so. Well, and the FL has to keep the train moving, but like, what if that was Man City? Like, what if that was the defending champions for the past several years? I guess they would have followed the rule, right? Like, rule five point one. Yeah. Or they, or would they have made it work because 
they matter a little bit more than Leighton Orient. Orient. Sorry, sorry, Leighton Orient, but... <laughs> yeah, your league too. Okay, it's... can I just say that that name sounds wrong? Like, I don't... I feel like... I feel like that's not PC. Am I wrong? Like... I looked it up once why <laughs> it was called that, and I I feel like it was a... It was founded by a company that did trading in Asia. And that was why it was called that. I don't know. James, do you know why it's called that? I have no idea. But the Orient Express was a a train, right? Or is a train that does that kind of... We'll search into that. (laughs) But the funny thing is, going back to the football club, is that like Spurs paid for their Corona testing. And then they all come up positive. Ooh, scandal. (laughs) Scandal. So that's like like the part that's just also like crazy. It's like, well, we'll pay for your testing and you're all positive. Ah, we got well. you guys. We got you. We got, we you. got this. <laughs> yeah. But, never uh, trust Tottenham. Never trust Tottenham. <laughs> that should be like the new, like, you know, never ever support Wimbledon when you were learning the compass. It should be like, never ever trust Tottenham. <laughs> there you go. Wait, you learn never ever support Wimbledon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Ours was never eat shredded wheat or soggy waffles. Yours was so- never support Wimbledon? <laughs> yeah. Ours was a bit more ruthless. Never ever support Wimbledon. Sorry to all I feel like fans. I feel like Wimbledon, at least the current uh, iteration of Wimbledon, is a very likable team. Rose from the ashes after their team was stolen away from them. Anyway, let's talk about Notre Dame and Wake Forest. So that game was postponed after seven Notre Dame players tested positive (laughs) for COVID. So, guys, what is this, like week three of college football, and this was the first big one to be postponed? Again, this segment almost had to go away. So that's almost impressive. Thank you, Notre Dame. (laughs) And I I think, like, there's, like, one player in the NFL that that wasn't allowed to play this week because of COVID. So... I mean, some people are figuring out, but those college kids, those dang college kids, man. Can't keep them locked up. Yeah. I mean, where does it go to from here? Like, is that, is that like it? Like, do they, do they get to replay this game? How does. So, so when they, they made their schedules, they, they like purposely put a ton of bye weeks for situations like this. So they're, they're, they're just going to play it later on in the year. I mean, yeah. Do we expect any more games to be like this? I assume so, right? Probably. (laughs) It'll be interesting a- with the Big Ten, though, because the Big Ten is doing all of theirs like right in a row, uh, followed by the conference championship game. So that's inle- true. unless they're going to be flexible with when the conference championship takes place. Right. Because like assuming that the team that gets covid doesn't involve like one of the, you, you know, like if it's Illinois versus Northwestern. Right. Like then maybe they won't care. But. Like that could be a big deal when you're only playing like eight games and that's true. You got to figure out who's going to play in the title game. Or according to, I know they're not big 10, but Ed Ogerton, the LSU head coach recently said, I'm pretty sure all my guys have had COVID. So we're okay. Like, he's <laughs> like, like Oh Lord, we've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Got the, you know? t-shirt. Got the LSU t-shirt. All good. But this is the thing is like, that is also they were working out that people who had COVID back in April, like have lost their antibodies and they're testing positive mm-hmm. again. Right. So 
Yeah. We're not worried about that in America, James. We're not worried <laughs> about it. We're just all going to get it and it's going to be great. <laughs> herd immunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> herd herd mentality. That's what our that's what our <laughs> mentality. We're going to have a herd yeah. mentality. <laughs> um, so, Mr. High and Mighty over there in your ivory tower in Netherlands, what is lock what is Locktober? So Locktober is the hashtag that is trending literally today. So generally every two weeks on a Tuesday, the government does a bit of an update about what's happening and kind of what's going on. Uh, today it was moved to Monday because it's gotten so bad uh, over here that they needed to kind of, they couldn't wait the extra day, mm. essentially. So we're up to about, they reckon about 6,000 cases a week. Uh, sorry. 6,000 cases a day, where we were at like 4,000 cases a week, like three weeks ago. Okay. Um, so basically, they can, people don't obey the rules that I've been telling them. So now we're going to force them to do things because you people can't follow the rules that we're giving you. You can't have nice things. So we're just going to make you do these things instead. Uh, so basically, for the whole of October, restaurants will close at like 10 o'clock and you can't have as many people in your home and there's a really reduced amount of people that you can go and see and you got to work from home as much as possible and there are no uh, sport will be played without an audience all sport matches no matter what level um okay. whereas in the uk they announced last week that there will be no uh supporters at games until march next year yeah Six months just. It's uh, Locktober is basically, you now have to just stay inside as much as possible. Well, enough with their Locktober. Let's talk about our Locktober. <laughs> because we have our final nine regular season game, games scheduled, mostly being played within the month of October. So here's the rundown. Saturday, October 3rd versus Cincinnati. Tuesday, October 6th at Nashville. Sunday, October 11th at Dallas. Wednesday, October 14th versus Chicago. Sunday, October 18th versus Houston. Saturday, October 24th at Cincinnati. Wednesday, October 28th versus Colorado. Sunday, November 1st at Sporting Kansas City. And Sunday, November 8th versus Dallas. So we're going to... We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. (laughs) So we're going to close our regular season with 23 regular season games. 11 away nine at home, and three at neutral sites. Originally, it was supposed to be 34 games, including a home and away with the other 12 Western Conference teams, and then 10 additional games against Eastern Conference teams, so we'd miss out on three Eastern Conference teams by that schedule. With this new schedule, of course, you did, you did notice we had 11 away games compared to nine home games, Well, that is because the league is only worried about balancing home and away games that have taken place after the lockdown. We, of course, had two away games prior to the lockdown with no home games. So there you go. That's why the imbalance is there. Can we talk about how we have to play Dallas and SKC again? Dallas twice more? Oh, my God. (laughs) I I long to play Seattle. Or LAFC. Like the Timbers? Or LA Galaxy, Sam. I want to play good teams. 
Well, we play better against them. Or at least give us Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the white guy. Vancouver hasn't been awful, apparently. I I don't know. Um, But so let's take a look at, because I I went through our schedule, our past schedule and our upcoming schedule, compiled all 23 regular season games, plus the three MLS's back games that we played that were not counted as part of the regular season standings. So teams that we saw four times, of course, that's, Sporting Kansas City and Dallas. But teams that we saw three times, so that's one more than we are supposed to, would be Real Salt Lake and Houston. Teams that we saw twice, that would be Colorado and Cincinnati of the Eastern Conference. So teams that we saw twice, but one of them was in the knockout rounds of the MLS's back tournament would be Columbus and San Jose. Teams that we saw only once would be Portland, Nashville, and Chicago of the Eastern Conference. And, of course, there was one team that we didn't see in the regular season but did see in the knockout rounds, and that was Orlando. So there were four teams that we never saw from the West, Seattle, LAFC, Vancouver, and LA Galaxy, and nine teams that we'll never see from the East unless we meet them in the MLS's <laughs> no, not the MLS. The yeah, MLS is back MLS again. Finals back. Yeah. Woo. Back to finals. Should we meet them in the final? Otherwise, we will never see this season Philly, Toronto, NYCFC, New England, Red Bull, New York, Montreal, Atlanta, Miami, or DC United. A lot of teams that we're missing out on this year. So. I guess my question is, like, why did we play Portland, but all the other teams from the West, literally down that coast, we don't play? Well, well Portland, Port- that was the playoffs, right? That, or that was the no. tournament? No, was that, that was, that was, that was opener. our opener. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we played oh. Portland and San Jose. We played before the Gotcha. Tournament. That's right. That's right. So, oh, were, so long ago. Those were our only West Coast teams that we played besides in the tournament but otherwise right down the middle how do we like that middle do we prefer do we prefer the west coast i honestly i i just i understand that a balanced schedule wasn't really possible with all of this and i understand that games are better than no games even if they're all against sporting kansas city and dallas like <laughs> at least we get to watch our team like i get it it's unfortunate, right, that we drew Sporting Kansas City in the MLS's back tournament, knowing that how often we we're going to get them after the tournament. Maybe the league should have done a little bit of that. <laughs> you, you know, tried to separate the geographically close teams going into the tournament because they had to have assumed that this was going to happen, right? Like, like this had to have been this had to have been a possibility back then. But some games are better than no games. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I think it's. Like, if you look at the Western Conference table, the top two teams are Seattle and Portland, and the bottom three teams are Vancouver, LA Galaxy, and San Jose. So it's like the top two teams just get to rag on the bottom three teams like three or four times this season, whereas we're like stuck with all the middle. Yeah, but I I think if you're just looking at standings, though, that can be a little misleading because I think... We're not the only team that is underperforming because of this goofy season, just throwing everything in a hizzy, right? Like, 
we're like struggling with our depth chart, even though we went into the season thinking we had some of the best depth in the league. We are struggling with injuries. We're, we're struggling to field a full team. I feel like if you're playing one of the FIFA video games, they would make you automatically forfeit because you didn't have enough people on the bench, right? <laughs> Fortunately, the MLS is more forgiving, but we're weird in the standings because of this situation. Like LAFC, like if you would have told us leading into this that we had to play LAFC multiple times, like we would have been pissed. Like it's just the way that the season is going. It's the big CF. It's the big CF. <laughs> How many yeah, I, I mean, how many ahead. teams Sorry, make yeah. playoffs again? Like ten from each side? Nine? It's all of them except for four from each side. Well, I mean at least So there's twenty so there's twenty six teams. Yeah. So eighteen get to make the playoffs. But the Eastern Conference has an extra play in round. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're on track. So this is good. Yeah, I think eight from the Western Conference make it. Well, guys. That is all we have for today. Though, shoot, I meant to give us a quick little fantasy football rundown. How are you guys doing in your fantasy Premier League? Let me look. <laughs> I, you weren't doing very good, but here. All right. Let's just read off the people that you would recognize as listeners, the people that you would recognize in the standings. A lot of people joined that I have no idea who they are. So if you <laughs> want the shout out, please reach out. Otherwise. I will will skip over your name when I read off the standings. So Jeremy, our good friend, Doomsday Jeremy, his team is currently in fourth place out of the 17 teams in our league. In eighth place, my, my good buddy, Buddy from back home. He is in eighth place, just ahead of Captain James in ninth place. My brother-in-law, Michael, in 10th place. Antifa Nate in 11th, then I'm in 13th, Justin in 15th. Yeah, don't don't try to act <laughs> like I'm bad. You're almost as bad as me, Sam. Now, the only two people that Justin is ahead of are the two people <laughs> that missed week one, and that would be our loyal listener, Austin, and our good buddy, Chad, with his team, <laughs> Boom Zakalaka. Can I, can I just say, though, that my what my downfall is, is that I didn't use, like, the free trader team and thing. I just used points and, like, put myself, like, 40 points in the hole. So Really? That's why my score oh is my terrible. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess if I if I ever want to blow it up, I have that option, right? Like, <laughs> If you're ever going to claim that you've lost by, like, 39 yeah. points, you're like, well, there was that one time. I'm crawling. Crawling up. <laughs> Crawling up the standings. Anyway, it's fun. Like, you could probably still join. We're three weeks in. You can still catch up to Justin, though, which would be fun. So <laughs> message us if you have trouble finding the link. Otherwise, if you go through our social media, you can scroll down far enough and you'll be able to find the link to join our fantasy Premier League team. Or sorry, our fantasy Premier League league. Cool. Guys, our next game Saturday, October 3rd for Cincinnati. Justin and I should be recording shortly after, though I'm going to give you a heads up. I will not be watching much of that game because my brother and my future sister-in-law, Danielle, are getting married at that same time. So we'll be bringing on a special guest to help Justin talk about the game with someone that actually watched it. <laughs> 
So <laughs> look for that episode. And then quick turnaround, October 6th at Nashville. So we might have to have another one of those quickies. Can can we just like throw something else in at the end real quick that like just popped up in my Twitter? Uh, the draw Uh-oh. for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Uh, United States and Canada have been drawn in the same group. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. oh we get to see it. We get to see that matchup. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, Martinique and uh, the winner of the prelims seven. So. Okay. But uh, that's the headline. United States versus Canada. That's big. That's big. That's going to be primetime TV. Yeah. You uh, Also, I got to ask, why is Qatar in the CONCACAF? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't we have like a random team before too? Well. It's just been Qatar. That happens for like, like, so it's not uncommon for like the gold cup to invite like a guest team, but this is world cup. Ah, uh, you know so, why? You know why then? Because Qatar are hosting. So, huh? so they're just playing in CONCACAF for funsies? Just hanging out, just hanging out with I everybody think it's for a little because, bit. Because uh, actually like it might be their training tournament. Because they don't get a qualification, mm. right? Because they're they're hosts, so they already get in, so they don't have to go through any. And the Concacaf apparently invites guests, so <laughs> this might just be like Australia at Eurovision. You know, no one knows why you're there. You just <laughs> you do a thing. Yeah, that would be my uh, that would be my uh, hot take. Okay, well then. We might we might have to have a special edition of Pot on Your Loons when the United States plays Canada. If we got any hardcore canics out there, like sorry, hardcore hosers. Is that more PC? Yeah, Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> they like eating that poo time. <laughs> Man, you don't even have to go to Europe yeah. to get the Sam Samisms. <laughs> oh man i've never i've never been to canada even i've been to canada you're literally like right there you can go to like they don't let us well, right not at the moment obviously <laughs> no one let no one lets you guys anywhere but you know one day all right well i've seen canada okay i was in detroit and looked across the river and it was there i could see it i took pictures of it Whatever. You guys suck. All right. Until <laughs> next time. Pot on you loons. Pot on, pot you, on you loons. Taking my ball and I'm going home. Peace. Peace.